It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to a Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Welcome in, Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. It is Monday, January 30th. We are 13 days away from Super Bowl 57. Chiefs-Eagles, both one seeds in the AFC and NFC respectively, will be in Arizona for Super Bowl 57 a week from Sunday. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open. You want to talk about the NFC Championship game, which was a stinker. The AFC Championship game, which was awesome. Super Bowl predictions. Kentucky basketball, Indiana basketball, even Louisville basketball. If you want to talk about it, the Eminem Cartage Hotline is open. 502-384-1450. 384-1450 to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line open as always. 502-414-1450 right now. Get your free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or steak and egg burrito with any fountain drink, tea, fizz, freeze, or 20-ounce bottle of soda. When you become a new Refreshing Rewards member, simply download the app, register for Refreshing Rewards, and earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. Hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We'll get to Kentucky, Kansas. I want to start with the NFL today. By the way, Louisville football is having a press conference at 2 p.m. today. They're going to name the stadium. Can you believe it's been five years since it was Papa John's Cardinal Stadium? Five years without a naming rights deal for Cardinal Stadium. Well, we're going to get one today. I have no idea who it is. I don't care who it is. But we're going to find out at 2 o'clock today. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. It's hard to win a playoff game. It's hard to win a regular season game. It's hard to win an exhibition game when you don't have a quarterback. And that's what happened to the San Francisco 49ers yesterday. Brock Purdy, the backup to the backup, who had played great and had won games, got hurt early. Elbow injury, maybe wrist, ulnar nerve. Is he going to need Tommy John surgery? We'll see. The backup to the backup to the backup to the backup was Josh Johnson, a journeyman NFL backup quarterback. And then when he got a concussion, Brock Purdy, who later said he couldn't throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field, came back in. That's no way to win a championship game and go to the Super Bowl. Eagles 31, my 49ers 7. Why are they my 49ers? Because I bet them to win the NFC about eight weeks ago at 5-1. to one. Felt pretty good about it going into the game. Even with Brock Purdy, felt good about it. Here's what I found out. Eagles pretty good. Now, Niners had no chance in that game once Purdy and Johnson got hurt. I think they had no chance once Purdy got hurt. But the Eagles are really, really good. They've got four Four players now, first time in NFL history, who've scored at least five touchdowns on the ground this season. Gainwell, Sanders, Boston, and Jalen Hurts. And they've got four guys on the defensive side who have 10 or more sacks. 
Nobody's ever done that, combined for those two things before. Since 1924, I think it's happened with a team that no longer exists. Philadelphia is really good on both sides of the ball. Keep in mind, they've got two offensive linemen, their left tackle and their center, Jason Kelsey, who combined gave up one sack this year. Jalen Hurts does not get touched if that offensive line doesn't want him to get touched. And their defensive line dominated the line of scrimmage. That's why Purdy got hurt. The defense got to him. That's why Josh Johnson got a concussion. The defense got to him. They didn't hit him in the head. They tackled him, and he fell and banged his head on the turf. Eagles are good. I I didn't give the Eagles enough credit this year. But after watching yesterday, Jalen Hurts, who was spectacular early in the year, then got hurt, can run the football, has a shoulder issue. That's why they don't want him running it right now. They don't want him to take any hits on that shoulder. He doesn't have to be great for them to be great. The spread is out for the Super Bowl. And the Eagles, surprisingly to me, the Eagles are favored by two, over under 49 and a half. Jalen Hurts, 15 of 25 yesterday, just like last week. You get the lead, you play defense, you run the ball. That's what they do. That's what they do. And the shoulder injury, throwing shoulder, not a factor. If you don't have to throw the ball, it's not a factor. 121 yards passing. I think he had somewhere around that last week, like 124. He ran, he did run 11 times for 39 yards and a touchdown. Most of them were scrambles, which means he's not going to throw into coverage. I'd rather scramble for three and a half yards of carry here than throw it into coverage. Miles Sanders only ran for 42 yards, but 11 carries, two touchdowns. Again, it's just a good Eagle team. Just a good Eagle team. And they are, without question now, the best team in the NFC. There were people who loved Dallas last week. Oh, Dallas is going to go into San Francisco. Nope. Nope. There are people who love the Niners. I'm guilty. Niners have great defense. They gave up 31 points yesterday, mostly on the ground. Mostly with great field position because San Francisco, at the end there, the last quarter and a half, they went for it in their own territory. They had no chance to get first downs. Running the ball on fourth and seven, fourth and eight. If Christian McCaffrey doesn't break three tackles and give a superhuman effort in the first quarter, on his touchdown run of 23 yards, Niners don't score. They probably get a field goal out of that drive, and that's it. Again, Eagles are good. Uh, but the Niners, you got, I wondered why they didn't put Christian McCaffrey back there with Debo Samuel and just run a Wildcat. Hand it to Debo Samuel sometimes, keep it sometimes. Because if Brock Purdy can't throw a pass more than 10 yards down the field or five yards down the field, once he's in the pocket, then you might as well just run the ball with your best. They brought Purdy back in, and he just handed it off. Well, if you're going to do that, just put Christian McCaffrey back there with Debo Samuel. Let him run the ball. But I'm not a coach. And they probably hadn't practiced that. You certainly don't anticipate 
that your starting quarterback is going to go down. Now, the rule changed about five years ago. Five years ago, you could have 45 players on your active roster. Eight were inactive on a 53-man roster. But you had 45 plus one. You had a plus one emergency quarterback. So yesterday, if that rule were still in place, once Brock Purdy went down, once Josh Johnson went down, they would have had another quarterback on the active roster, their plus one, who could have come in, and that would have precluded either of those other two guys from coming back in the game. That was the rule. If your emergency quarterback plays, the other two guys can't come back in. But that rule changed about five years ago. They made it a 48-man roster with no plus one, no emergency quarterback. Now, you could have a third quarterback in your 48, but nobody does that. Very few teams do that. And the Niners were no, no different. You certainly don't anticipate losing both quarterbacks during the game. Maybe one, usually none, but that killed, absolutely killed San Francisco yesterday. Just brutal. And now you start thinking about next year. Who's going to be the quarterback? Who's going to be the quarterback in San Francisco? Jimmy Garoppolo? Probably not going to be on the roster. He's probably had enough of that situation. He'll be elsewhere. Where he can start and not look over his shoulder and probably not go to the playoffs. He'll go somewhere in, in that range of teams. Trey Lance? Well, we've seen Trey Lance play in the last four years approximately three and a half games. Three and a half games. One at North Dakota State and two and a half with San Francisco before he got hurt this year. Maybe three and a half before he got hurt this year. Or do they bring in, I'm, get ready, get ready for it, Tommy Brady. Or do they bring in Aaron Rodgers, trade for Aaron Rodgers for a short-term fix? Because they've got the players at the other positions to make another run. But you have to have a quarterback in this league. You have to. You got to, period. End of story. Got to have an elite quarterback. Now, there have been Super Bowl quarterbacks who are not elite. Trent Dilfer comes to mind. Joe Flacco comes to mind. Doug Williams at the time comes to mind. It does happen, but it's very, very rare. Very rare to win a Super Bowl with a non-elite quarterback. The other game had two elite quarterbacks. AFC title game, Cincinnati loses to Kansas City 23-20. Chiefs are chirping now. Oh, call it Burrowhead. Oh, we get, we're not smoking any cigars. Oh. Okay. You won by three because of a defensive late hit out of bounds that allowed you to kick a field goal. You didn't kill Cincinnati on your home field. And think of the narrative if the Chiefs had lost that game. Think of the narrative. 
The narrative would now read, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, that combo is not as good as we thought, and the Bengals and Joe Burrow are 4-0 and against the Chiefs. That would have been the narrative, but now it's not. Now the narrative is, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, put them up there with Belichick and Brady, question mark, Chuck Nolan, Terry Bradshaw, question mark. That's the narrative today because of a late hit out of bounds. Harrison Butker kicks a 45-yard field goal that without the penalty, had he tried it with eight seconds to go, it would have been a 60-yard field goal attempt. I don't think they would have tried it. They would have tried to get five or eight more yards with a quick out pattern, save some time on the clock, three seconds, and then kick a field goal. But we'll never know. Mahomes was 29 of 43, 326, two touchdowns, uh, basically with a broken ankle, and the big run on the final offensive play of the game that was uh, eight-yard gain, add 15 for the Joseph Asai late hit out of bounds. I feel bad for that kid, by the way. I feel bad for that kid. He's a second-year player, defensive end out of Texas, and he had played pretty darn good the whole day. And CBS, you don't have to keep the camera on him crying his eyes out on the sideline. You don't have to do that. Show him once, move on. Show the victorious Kansas City Chiefs. It felt like that camera was on Joseph Asai sitting on the Bengals bench. He put his helmet back on, and you could see the chest and shoulders heaving. He was inconsolable. And, by the way, he faced the media after the game. How many guys would have done that? How many guys say, nah, I'm not talking to the press. I, I can't right now. He answered every question. He thanked his teammates for their support. He said, I got I to be better. I got to know where I'm at on the field. He did everything right yesterday, except when he pushed Patrick Mahomes two yards out of bounds. Joe Burrow, 26 of 41, 270, a touchdown, an interception. Uh, the fourth down play early in the fourth quarter, down the middle on fourth and six, just threw it up, and Jamar Chase went up and made a play that led to the Bengals tying the game. Incredible. But Joe Burrow got hit 12 times. He got sacked five times. Last week, if you remember, in Buffalo, we talked about how that offensive line that was missing so many parts did such a great job. Don't have to worry about that offensive line. Guess what? Same offensive line, still missing players this week. You had to worry about them. Because the Chiefs pressure and sack the quarterback a lot better than the Bills did. Remember, Von Miller out for the Bills, out for the season. Frank Clark on one side, Chris Jones on the other side. Joe Burrow was in trouble all day long. All day long. And the interception was a result not of a sack, but of pressure that came from Chris Jones. Burrow had to throw it a little higher with a little more arc on it than he wanted to, and the Chiefs were able to recover and intercept it. Chiefs are good. I'm going to throw that out there. The Eagles are good. Chiefs are good. Both teams number one seeds. Both teams advance to the Super Bowl. It's a very interesting Super Bowl 57. Andy Reid, 
used to be the head coach of Philadelphia, could never get on past the championship game with Donovan McNabb, considered a great coach who just couldn't get it to that next level. He's done that in Kansas City. Now he's going against his old team. Travis Kelsey, Kansas City tight end, versus his brother Jason Kelsey, Philadelphia center. They do a podcast every week. I don't know if they'll do one the next two weeks. Maybe you put that on hold. Travis Kelsey said after the game, the only person in our family that uh, is going to be ecstatic about the outcome is my mother because one of us is going to win a Super Bowl. Travis has already won one, and so has Jason. Can either team run the ball? Nobody could run the ball yesterday. Pacheco for Kansas City, I think, had 26 yards. Joe Mixon, Samari Piran couldn't get anything going for the Bengals. McCaffrey, he ran for 82 yards, but he's out of the playoffs. Philly, again, Sanders had 42 yards. Hertz had uh, 39 yards. They mixed and matched, but really San Francisco did a pretty good job defensively on the Eagle running game. Who can run the ball in the Super Bowl? And how healthy will the Chiefs be? Mahomes' ankle? If it's a high ankle sprain, which that's what they've been calling it the whole time, I don't know how much better it is in two weeks. High ankle sprain is worse than a broken ankle. High ankle sprain. Not a regular ankle sprain, a high ankle sprain. It's worse than a broken ankle recovery time-wise. He may not be any better 13 days from now. And he lost some receivers yesterday. Will they be healthy? Smith, Juju Smith-Schuster. McCole Hard, um, Hardman. Important guys to this lineup. So we got two weeks to uh, break it all down, and we will. I'll figure out who I'm going to bet. The uh, six-pack five and one, I mentioned that at the top. I'm going to keep mentioning it. It doesn't happen very often. My lone loss was the 49ers yesterday. But we'll go over those games, all the college basketball. Kansas beats Kentucky. Louisville loses again. The Hoosiers are on a hot streak. We'll talk about all that and more. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on The Big Guy. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 502-384-1450. To join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Thorne's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Get your text into that number, 414-1450. Sorry for the lip smacking. I am sucking down some Hall's mentholiptus today. Trying to keep the voice... uh, Keep the voice going. Uh, Texter says, uh, what if the NFL took a page out of NASCAR's book, play the Super Bowl before the rest of the season? That way, both teams will be complete. Well, okay, that's just dumb. He also says Lamar to the 49ers. I like that. Uh, keep in mind, NASCAR still has a championship at the end of the season. Just because the Daytona 500 is the best race of the season, it is not the championship race of the season. Talking NASCAR. I might as well talk tennis. 
Congratulations to Novak Djokovic. Texter says, you know who would have been more devastated than anyone if the Chiefs lost that game? Tony Romo. He should have been wearing the 15 jersey up in the booth. I've never listened to a broadcast that was so one-sided toward a player than Romo about Mahomes. Thank God the Super Bowl is on Fox. Yeah, Tony took a beating after yesterday's broadcast. He did. He took a beating. Look, I'm telling you, the best analyst right now is not Tony Romo. It's not Troy Aikman. Um, it's Chris Collinsworth is good and really good. The best analyst in the NFL right now is Greg Olson, and he's going to lose his job. He'll be on the Super Bowl call with Kevin Burkhart. He's going to lose his job when Tom, when uh, Tom Brady retires. It's already set in stone. He's really good. Texture says that was atrocious refereeing. However, it could have happened. Could not have happened to a better group of people. Bengals fans are the absolute worst in sports. Worse than Tennessee. Worse than IU. Worse than Louisville. Feel bad for the players laughing hysterically at the fans. Well, I've been told the worst fans in the world are Eagles football fans. No offense to Trevor Kelsey. That's what I've been told. Is that true? I don't know. Let's go to the Eminem Cartage Hotline. Bring in David. David, how are you today, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing great, John. Thanks for taking my call sure. today. You know, it's interesting about uh, all this, you know, NFL, you know, the the the, uh, the playoffs and everything that's been going on. It, like I said, it, it's really hard for me to really get into Tony Romo and Jim Nance. That's I don't know what it is, but I I mean Jim Nance, he's done great work over the years, but I I don't know. It's it's hard for me to really get into his football stuff and. Yep. You know, his golf I still enjoy. Great at the Masters. You know, I've even always. taken some naps. Always you great know, at the even Masters. Even take naps. I always turn on golf when I want to take a nap. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I love that, watching that's a good golf, thing about but the Masters. I, if I yeah. need a nap, if I'm tired and I turn on golf, I will go to sleep. Jim Nance is great. Yeah, at the I've done that, too. I've done that, too, when I you know, wasn't feeling very well and I thought I was you know, <laughs> going to stay sick for a while. And that makes it, but, but Jim Nance and. You know, Jim Nance on the golf thing. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit better, and maybe I can, you know, get the cold medicine and, and work on yeah, it. You know, absolutely. So I've even felt that, and you know, Romo took and, a lot of heat yesterday for not being an analyst. He took a lot of yeah. Heat I, for I being felt like he was cheerleader. even cheerleader or yeah. something. That's that's what you know, a lot I, of people I, are I was saying. Frustrated. That's what a lot of people are saying. Um, yeah. He, you know, on the fourth down play. Uh, that I mentioned earlier, fourth and six from near midfield. The Bengals are going for it. Um, yeah. You know, he didn't say anything about why they shouldn't go for it. He said he just said they're not going to go for it. And then they snapped the ball. I know. That's what he was saying. Yeah. And yeah. They snapped going into it. The quarter, and he just he said, made oh, this, is, a, this is aggressive. He didn't. This is aggressive. That's all yeah. he said. Well, mm -hmm. you know what? You're an analyst. Why shouldn't they have yeah. gone for it? Just tell me that before I, yeah, the that's play. That's true. Tell me that before the play. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I know. yeah, he's, he's taking a lot of grief today. Anything else, David? Yeah. Well, it it is kind of about uh, like I said the the uh, the, the 49ers and the Eagles. I didn't realize how good the Eagles were good. Uh, I just thought when they lost to the Cowboys near the end of the season, I thought I don't think the Eagles are going to are going to make it to the Super Bowl. I didn't yeah. you know, I didn't think, you know, I thought the yeah. Giants would take them out, you know, every round that the Eagles were in. They've had, two, that, you know, they've had two easy wins in the playoffs. That's hard to do. Yep, they That's sure hard have. Hard to do that. Even though yeah. San Francisco lost their quarterbacks, that's still hard to yeah. hard to put numbers up like they did. And I can agree that the Fox announcers right now are better 
you know, with yeah. what, what I hear, and I'm glad the Super Bowl will be with Fox because I don't know if I can take Tony Romo and Jim Nance another football game. I think yesterday I'm glad it was over for them. So Tony can know. go play in some I, golf tournaments on the West Coast now. He'll be fine. I think so. Golf tournaments and, and whatever. And I know Jim Nance will be ready for golf, and I know it'll be his last final last four. Master. Uh, it, last It will be four, kind I mean, of a yeah. struggle, but I'll get through Jim Nance on the final four, but I don't know who <laughs> he'll, be, he'll, be, he'll be cheering for for this final four because this 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 college basketball season oh, you don't know how it's going to shake out because uh, like I said it might be Kansas he might cheer for Kansas you never know right you don't know don't know Jim is, yeah you don't Jim know will cheer, in Jim will always cheer for Houston remember he's a Houston alumnus oh is he, he and, okay he and Fred Couples were roommates at Texas I mean at uh, at Houston yeah at the University of Houston and by the way the final four is in Houston so. Okay, okay, so maybe Houston maybe has a good shot at it. I could get yeah. UCLA probably would, uh, uh, Gonzaga, I guess Purdue, I don't know. Seed. Houston's going to be a number What's one that? seed. They're going to be a number yep. one seed. Now, and have fans too. Houston, yeah, they will. Right? Now I will say this, Purdue is now a unanimous number one. The AP poll just came out, and I think right now, right now, yep. keep in mind I'm saying right now, they're the best team in college mm-hmm. basketball. They're 20 one and one. Uh, yep. They manhandled Michigan State again the other day. They're just good. Okay. They're just really yep. good. But Houston's there. Tennessee's there. I still think Alabama's good, although they got smacked around. Yeah, Alabama, weekend. even though they took a beating uh, yeah. Saturday. Yeah. They did. Yep. But after but that, Missouri, I, I no mean, idea. when they, Missouri played, uh, I can't remember who Missouri played uh, Saturday, but Iowa Missouri State. was really good. Iowa State. That? Iowa State. Iowa State. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I had that on for a while, too. Because it's like the way the way Alabama was was getting beat. I said, "Let me go to Missouri and Iowa State." And yeah, there was no reason to watch more. any more of that Alabama game after halftime. There I know no what it, it, you know after ever a couple minutes after what what Oklahoma was doing. I thought, "Let me go to Missouri and uh, Iowa State." I think I'll get a better you know run for the money. You know, whatever. And it it it, it, it did it it made it. You know, thank it, you, it David. Made it for me. I appreciate yes, the call, sir. buddy. Uh, do we have another caller? Pat, let's go to the M&M Cartage Hotline. Pat, how are you today? Pretty good, John. Uh, I, I wanted to talk about uh, the Kentucky game and sure. Kentucky in general. But, Absolutely. But I will say that I totally agree with you. I think Greg Olson is uh, a fantastic analyst. He's think, great. And I like Kevin Yeah, I like Kevin Burkhart, too. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a good combination. Burkhart has but done anyway. something that a lot of guys don't do. I think uh, uh, Greg Gumbel did it. He's gone from being yeah. the studio host – uh, yeah. where he was for college football and really for baseball right. for the longest time. He's the studio host. Now he's actually in the booth calling games. That is hard to do. That's a hard transition. It but, is. I, but I think he's good at it. I per- yeah, I personally think he's doing a good job, too. Uh, as far as Kentucky goes, uh, yeah. the Kansas game, uh, I thought it was a game that Kentucky needed to win, but I knew it was going to be tough. I mean, Kansas losing four in a row was probably unlikely, but – uh, I, I did not think Kentucky really matched the quality of defense that Kansas uh, was putting out. I mean, Kansas just, I thought, did a great job defensively. Kentucky had very few open looks at the three-point line. I mean, when they did, I mean, uh, C.J. Frederick missed a couple of open ones that could have been big. And he, and, he and Reeves were 0 for 8 from three combined. Right, and they're not right, going to win. Right. They're not going to win many when that happens. Yeah, absolutely. Four of 11 free throws in the first half. And the other thing, and I heard this pointed out nationally earlier today, Kentucky had zero offensive rebounds in the first half. 
Yes. Kansas sent two guys at Shibway and just kept him away from the boards, and they collected every defensive rebound in the first half. And what happens is, even when Shibway got his hands on the ball, he was surrounded. He would tip it. Yes. One of the Kansas guards was coming down and getting the rebound. Kentucky, right. on the other hand, was shooting the ball, and their guards were not coming down to get any offensive rebounds. They were going back to play defense. Why? Because Oscar gets all the rebounds. Well, that might right. have to change because Texas A&M did yeah. this, not as effectively, but they did it as well. Kansas saw yeah. that it worked a little bit and did the same thing. They were outsized Kansas, but they still out-rebounded Kentucky uh, on the night 34-29. to And if you're Kentucky, that probably shouldn't happen. Right, right, right. I wanted to talk about Kentucky in general and, and ask you your opinion. They're 14-7 and seven now. Yeah. they got 10 games left. they got they got Auburn and Tennessee, ranked teams at home. Uh, what do you? Th- how many of those last 10 games you think they have to win to, like, to solidify mm. an NCAA bid before the SEC tournament? How many of those games do you uh, think they have to win? You, you, you want to get to 20. You want to get to 20. Uh, so if they win six of them, they would be 20 and 11, if my math is correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that right. would do it. What's killing them right now, the loss to South Carolina is its like three losses. That's a quad four home loss against a team that's 279 in the net rankings. Now, what's, what's helping them just as much is the win at Tennessee. Tennessee right. with a home win. Tennessee is now second in the country in the AP poll that just came out a little short time ago. That's helping them. Not as much as the South yeah. Carolina loss is hurting them. But um, I think 20 and 11, maybe if you want to feel safe, 21 and 9. Kentucky's net ranking is still in the 30s. Right, I saw that. So, you know, that's that's good. Uh, And as you mentioned, they've got winnable games. I mean, uh, Florida's not very good. They got them twice. Uh, You got Vanderbilt at home. Georgia uh, on the road is a team you should beat. Your home right. games are against Arkansas, Florida, Tennessee, Auburn, and Vanderbilt. I think if you go four and one in those five home games, then you'll be on the road because your road games really aren't horribly difficult. Uh, your road games right. are Georgia, Mississippi State, Ole Miss coming up tomorrow night. So I mean, these are teams in the bottom half of the uh, SEC standings. You should win a few of those games as well. So I, I, 21, I think you feel safe. 20, you're probably in no matter what. Anything less yeah, than okay. 20, you better win a couple games in the SEC tournament. Yeah, that's what I would think too, yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, well, I was going to ask you about the Tennessee-North Carolina, I mean South Carolina thing. Would it have been better for Kentucky to beat South Carolina oh, and lose question. to Tennessee if, if they played Tennessee, you know, if they were fairly competitive against Tennessee, would that have been better than what happened? I think it would, just barely. And I think it's because Mm -hmm. if you look at all these teams that are going to be on the bubble there at the end of the year, who's got a quad four loss? Kentucky's going to be one of them with with a quad four loss. Not many teams are going to have those. Uh, So, yeah, I think beating South Carolina would be a little better than having beaten Tennessee, if you played Tennessee close. Because that's a quad yeah. one loss. That doesn't, you know, those those don't yeah. hurt you as much as a quad four loss. So that's yeah. the way I feel about it. All right. Well, that's good, John. Thanks Thank you, Pat. My call. Appreciate the call. All right. Yeah, you know, 
again, the AP poll is out. Purdue is number one, which we expected. Uh, unanimous number one. That doesn't happen very often. Tennessee has moved up two spots to number two. Houston is still third. Alabama, after Oklahoma just took them to the woodshed in Norman on Saturday, uh, that score was 93-69. to 69. Uh, they, dro- they only dropped two spots. Why? Because nobody's great. There's nobody great. Arizona's fifth. Uh, Virginia sixth. Kansas State dropped two spots to seventh. Uh, Kansas goes up one after the win in Lexington to eighth. UCLA is ninth. Texas is still tenth. Texas got beat by Tennessee by 11 points and didn't lose any ground in the poll. Baylor is up six spots to 11. Gonzaga's 12, followed by Iowa State, Marquette, TCU. The next five are Xavier, Providence. Providence is up six spots to 17. St. Mary's, Florida Atlantic, who beat Western Kentucky this weekend but didn't destroy Western Kentucky, uh, 70 to 63. Clemson is 20th. Guess who's 21? Welcome back, Indiana Hoosiers. Wow. They won four straight, played well on Saturday night, national TV on Fox against uh, Ohio State. Uh, Indiana's just getting better. San Diego State's 22, followed by Miami, UConn, and Auburn. Uh, All right, let's take a break. We'll talk college basketball on the other side. Uh, More on Kentucky's loss to Kansas. Louisville loses at Notre Dame. The question is, will they win another game? And Indiana with a big win at home against Ohio State. Listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Studio Dave Reichel on the other side of the glass. How you doing, Dave? Everything good? He gave me the thumbs up. Final segment, Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 384-1450. 502-384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well. Get your last-minute text into the show at 502-414-1450. Uh, I don't know what this text means, so I'm not going to read it. <laughs> uh, maybe I should read those uh, off the air before I come back on the air, Dave. What do you think? Yeah, maybe. It's, uh, reading was never my thing anyway. Um, all right, the Bengals, I said the Niners are going to be okay next year. They'll be back. Got a great nucleus. Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, good defense, led by Fred Warner. Uh, really good, solid secondary. Good on both sides of the football at the line of scrimmage. I you know, got to have a quarterback. Got to have a quarterback. The Bengals are going to be fine because they got Joe Burrow. The The rumor now is all of a sudden they're going to sign him to a $50 million a year contract. Okay, I would. I would. I think he's proven himself. You got Jamar Chase locked up, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. This is a young, young team with great offensive skill position players. You got to make sure that offensive line is solid to protect your $50 million a year quarterback. The defense is young, unknown, and good. It reminds me of the 72 Dolphins no-name defense. Can you name three defensive starters for the Cincinnati Bengals? You can name Joseph Asai today, but could you have named him yesterday? Eli Apple, maybe? Who else is out there? Mike Hilton? 
I mean, these are not well-known names, but this is a good defense with a good defensive coordinator. Lou Amarillo. I know I'm messing up. Anarillo. Anarillo. By the way, speaking of coordinators, Kellen Moore yesterday stepped down in a, what is a quote-unquote mutual decision. They're never mutual. There's no way he walked into Jerry Jones' office and Jerry Jones said, hey, by the way, Kellen, you're fired. Oh, I'm leaving. No, that's not how it works. They don't talk at the same time. He is. He was announced as a mutual parting with the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. Well, he landed on his feet. He is the new offensive coordinator with the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert. So he loses Dak Prescott, Prescott, picks up Justin Herbert. I'd say that's a good move. Texture says Logan Wilson. Yeah, Logan Wilson's good. How about Sam Hubbard or Trey Hendrickson? I can name a couple of them because I've watched most Bengals games this year. But that is a no-name defense. But the Bengals are going to be, I think, great next year. This is not a step back. Even though you didn't get to the Super Bowl, man, you went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs in their place again and had a chance to win the game again. All right, the officiating was awful. I get it. It was terrible. The do-over on third down, I don't know that I've ever seen that. And Dave Laffin brought up a great point, the Bengals radio analyst. Why do we break up these officiating crews and and put out all-star officiating crews for the postseason? You've got crews that work together every week for 18 weeks of the regular season. They work together every week. And then when the playoffs come around, we mix and match these crews. It's ridiculous. It makes absolutely no sense. Pick a crew and send the whole crew to the game. It's, it's not hard. They are, they are as much of a team as the actual teams are because they know each other's moves. They're comfortable with, with each other's calls. They know I know where that guy's going to be. I know where he's going to be on, on these pass plays. And you don't have that in the playoffs because you got all-star crews. It's ridiculous. But the Bengals still had the ball twice after all of those calls, after the Chiefs punted the ball and didn't score because of those calls. Imagine the outrage today. There's Bengal outrage, fan outrage anyway. Imagine the outrage if after the do-over third down, followed by the defensive holding call, Imagine if the Chiefs had gone down and scored a touchdown or a field goal on that draft. Oh, gosh. We wouldn't hear the end of it. They didn't. They punted. And the Bengals had the ball twice with the game tied at 20 and could not do anything with it. Could not go down the field and get any points. That's your ball game. That's your ball game. Texture says, I would love to, uh, to call a game with Dave Laffham. Latham, he's a homer, but very honest and on point with his analysis. I heard the call at the end of the game on the on the late hit. <laughs> Dave, Dave Latham's great. Former Bengals O-lineman. I think he's been in the booth now for almost 30 years. He's great. But he leaves it all out on his sleeve. There is no, no uh, debate which side Dave's on during a broadcast. He is He's Joe Nuxall. 
If you're old enough to remember Joe Nuxall with the Reds, Marty Brenneman and Joe Nuxall, he's a cheerleader, just like Joe was. But he's fun to listen to. All right, uh, Kansas 77, Kentucky 68, road win. That uh, allows Bill Self to never lose four games in a row at Kansas. That's the third time he lost three games in a row coming into Lexington yesterday, and uh, they end the three-game losing streak with a win over the Cats. Jalen Wilson, he's an All-American. He had 22 points, eight rebounds, hit nine of 18 from the field. He's just good. He's just good. I thought Kentucky did a pretty good job on him, not trying to let him get the ball in comfortable spots. But guys like that are going to score points. That's just what he does. Shibway had 18 points, nine rebounds. Uh, Kaysen Wallace, 14 points, six rebounds, five assists. Toppin had 14. Um, C.J. Frederick, Antonio Reeves. Reeves had double figures. But he was uh, 0 for 3, and C.J. was 0 for 5 from three-point land. They combined to be 0 for 8. Frederick was 1 of 8 from the field for two points. Got to have some points out of one of those guys. You have to. And Kentucky, keep in mind, was 4 of 11 from the free throw line in the first half. 4 of 11. And they were down. What were they down? They were down 7. Uh, you know, hit hit eight of eleven, hit four more free throws, and you're down three. And I'm not even considering one and once. The game is not that difficult to understand why teams win. You miss free throws, you turn the ball over more than the other team. They out rebound you. It's not always about three pointers and field goal percentage. Um. Kentucky was 2 of 13 from 3, by the way, so that didn't help. 16 of 23 at the free throw line overall. Again, they were 12 for 12 in the second half, so good on you. But Kansas was 9 out of 10 and out-rebounded the Cats. Now Kentucky goes to Ole Miss tomorrow night, 9 o'clock ESPN. Dangerous game. Dangerous game. You're coming off. The crowd was electric in Lexington. It was electric. So you're coming off of that. You got a late night game down in Oxford before Florida comes to town on Saturday. It's a dangerous game. I'm interested tomorrow to see what the spread will be. Uh, Notre Dame 76, Louisville 62. It wasn't that close. I got home. I'm watching. It's 59-29 before I had to go to St. X and call a game. Uh, I went, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Notre Dame was 1-9 in conference. They're not good. LL, if you had told me before the game, L. Ellis is going to have eight points, I would have loaded up on Notre Dame. Mike James had 14. Withers had 10. The new guy, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Okorafor, eight points, five rebounds. Keep this in mind, though. He played 18 minutes and had four fouls. Two turnovers, one block shot. He brought energy. He did. He brought energy on both ends of the floor. But Kenny Payne said it when he when he came over. That's a different game than they played in the NBA Africa League. It's a different game. And he may foul out in the first five minutes. He had four fouls in 18 minutes. So Kenny Payne knew what he was talking about. 
Louisville shot 46%, Notre Dame 45. Uh, free throws, Notre Dame with a slight advantage, three-pointers same. Louisville actually out-rebounded Notre Dame in that game, 34-31, to and still was down 30. Here's the number, though. Turnovers. Louisville had 12. That's not awful. They only forced three. Notre Dame had three turnovers. The question now is, will the Cards win a game? They've got Georgia Tech twice. they got Florida State at home. Those are going to be their best three chances to win games. Georgia Tech, Wednesday night in the Yum Center, 7 o'clock, is 1-10 in the conference. Notre Dame was 1-9, and, and I thought, Lou's got, got a chance to go up to Notre Dame and uh, knock off the Irish. All of a sudden, they're down 59-29. I went, oh, my gosh. Got to be kidding me with this. When you say it can't get any worse, you're wrong. You're wrong. Don't ever say it can't get any worse. It can always get worse. Opportunity Wednesday to win a game. You're 2-19. and 19. I don't even know if it's an opportunity to win a game. I don't know how these kids are feeling. How are they reacting to losses? Are they numb to it? Do they care anymore? Which guys are still going to lay it on the line? Which guys still want to be out there playing 40 minutes? Because I said this before, when they, even when they're winning, when they get down two, four, six points, it balloons quickly. Because there is a, it looks like there is a deer in the headlights, here we go again look, every time the other team comes back to take the lead. Indiana, come on down. Now ranked 21st in the country, back in the AP poll, 86-70 over Ohio State. I don't think Ohio State's very good. Since the ball's good, um, I mean, he had 23. He's a, a newcomer in the league, freshman. But I've said this, and I'll say it again. If Trace Jackson Davis gets help from two guys each game, doesn't matter who they are, two guys each game, Indiana will be fine. Jackson Davis had 18 and 10. He got help from the best player on the court the other night, Jalen Hood Shafino, the freshman. 24 points, 8 of 12 from the field, 6 of 9 from 3. And Malik Renew, 15 points, 8 rebounds. That's it. That's the recipe. TJD do his thing. He's almost unstoppable certain times of the game. And get help from two guys. 10 of 20 from three was Indiana. Uh, last I checked, that's pretty good. They out-rebounded Ohio State 39-33. Up next at Maryland, Tuesday, 9 o'clock on ESPN2. All right, this one's going to be interesting because it is a trap game. You just won a national TV game on Fox. You've got Purdue coming into Bloomington this next this weekend. This is a trap game. At Maryland. Maryland's pretty good. It feels like the Rutgers game from earlier in the year. Trap game. Thanks for listening. Back at it tomorrow. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.
WXVW, Jeffersonville.